What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty Bent here on an an overcast Friday afternoon. Got the Masters on silent in the background here with our boy Matt O'Dell. How's it going, guys? For another edition of Rabbit Hole Recap. Uh, I do not have the price chart up. Let me pull it up real quick. That's what I was just trying to do. You find the block, I'll find the price. Uh, The Bitcoin price right now on Friday, April 12th at 12.31 p.m., in New York City, according to the trade block, XBX index is $5,080.07. And the block height is 571363 571363 nice. Where were we last week at this point? Were we higher or lower price-wise? Obviously, we're higher block-wise. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're at a lower block count. <laughs> What's the price now? I think we're hovering around 5000 We were like right here. Maybe a little bit higher. Yeah. Maybe like 5100 or yeah, something. Maybe. Um, lot to talk about this week. Big week. Um, big day on the internet yesterday. But before we get into that, uh, got to give a shout out to this week's sponsor, Unchained Capital. You freaks know all about them. Just had an incredible episode with Parker Lewis that I posted on Tuesday. If you freaks haven't checked that out, go check it out. Um, the first 15 minutes we go over what Unchained is doing, their ethos, their security first mindset, uh, and their two or three multi-sig vaults. Uh, that's where... That's what we're advertising here in this ad is the two or three multi-sig volts. So if you guys uh, are Bitcoin holders and you're looking for a multi-sig solution, Unchained has done a great job of creating an easy onboarding process uh, with their vault product. Uh, Most importantly, they're opening sourcing this product as well. So if you want to benefit from their multi-sig scheme, you'll be able to do so uh, in an open source way too. Um, So Unchained Capital or Security First, company in the bitcoin space uh you can set up a vault with their two or three multi-sig and then if you guys have some bitcoin in the vault you want to get a little cash you can also get a loan very easily so go check out unchained capital today at www.unchained-capital.com we'll put a link in the show notes matt bang 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 i was pretty pissed off yesterday clearly yeah i think we all were yeah so as you freaks may know by now Julian Assange was ripped from the Ecuadorian uh, embassy in London yesterday and is being extradited back to the land of the free. Uh, The charges specifically are for helping Chelsea Manning uh, break a password code or attempt to break a password code. I think it was a password, yeah. Wasn't she uh, acquitted for that? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. But now she's in prison again because she, she refused to testify in a grand jury case. Yeah, against um, yeah. So Assange Julian, and WikiLeaks. Yeah, so Assange is on his way to the U.S. Uh, Ecuador just got a forty billion loan from the IMF, and no, it was it was four point two billion. Four point two billion. Excuse me. And that was a month ago. Was it a month ago? But they were like definitely greasing the wheels, right? Yeah. It was definitely prep. Yeah, it was it was weird. Uh, like the Ecuador, the ex-Ecuador president, Correa, came out condemning the present president. Um, it was a weird, like, geopolitical game. Being I played. saw on Twitter. Yeah. It's a crazy world we live yeah, in. Yeah, very just, crazy world. He just tweets out a dig at uh, Moreno. Yeah. Correa's not the best leader ever, though. I actually worked for a company based out of Ecuador, so had a, a bit of insight into the inner workings of the Ecuadorian government and stuff like that. Correa was not a very good leader either, but... Um, Back to Julian Assange, it's uh, brought back a lot of, we were talking about this before we started recording, brought back a lot of memories of the Snowden leaks, not that WikiLeaks helped Snowden, but they did help him escape Hong Kong. Um, right, they didn't, I don't think they posted the documents, but no, they, they... I think they're up there now, but... They gave him lawyers and, and helped him. Yeah, but they did do the Manning leaks and other leaks as well, proving... Um, that Russia spying on their citizens and other stuff as well. They did all those diplomatic cables. You remember when the diplomatic cables came out? Yeah, diplomatic cables. They did the DNC in 2016 as well. Um, but uh, it seems that uh, this man is being persecuted for journalism, uh, for, for exposing the truth, uh, which is which is sad to see, right? Because uh, this is something we talk about a lot. This is why we're in Bitcoin and that's what I wrote in the bent yesterday is like uh, we're in this to preserve individual liberty and sovereignty and, and freedom of speech. At the end of the day, freedom of commerce is freedom of speech. Um, and it seems that I mean, this is a clear cut case of freedom of speech. Right. 
Yeah, it seems that uh, the U.S. is trying to curb that speech because they don't like uh, people finding out uh, what they're doing behind the scenes. I'm going to let you talk now. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought you very passionate bent yesterday. and uh, But you just, you really distilled it to what a lot of us feel. Um, you know, this has been a long time coming. He's been in that embassy for seven years. In a fucking bedroom. With just like police surrounding them. You know, it wasn't even, it wasn't even like a real embassy. It's like a half embassy. It's like an office complex or something. So it's a very small area. It's coming out now that Ecuador was spying on him towards the end. They cut off his communication like a year ago. Um, you know, yeah, it's just, it's a continuation of this saga. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting. You know, WikiLeaks is entwined with Bitcoin since since the beginning. When, when Don't kick the hornet's nest, bro. The first thing they did to to go after WikiLeaks was cut off all their donation ability and, and Bitcoin would enable them to accept donations when they couldn't accept it any other way. Yeah. yeah and then WikiLeaks has a, a very storied history with Bitcoin. That was like Satoshi came out and said, like that quote I just said earlier, like, don't kick the hornet's nest, Bitcoin. At that point, I believe it was 2011, probably wasn't robust enough to get that much attention. So I believe they also, WikiLeaks agreed and held off from from announcing that they were accepting Bitcoin. I'm not sure about that. You're not? Yeah, I'm not going to. I, not I sure don't know how that, that exactly went down. I'm not. I'm pretty sure that's how. I think they held I thought they just started accepting donations. I thought it was in like 2013. Either started. way. Yeah, either way. Um, like Assange right now could just have millions of dollars uh, worth of Bitcoin and no one will know unless he admits it. They could take his they could take his freedom. They could take his speech. They could take his life, but they like can't get that money unless I can't take he his gives brain it wallet. to them. That's pretty crazy. Right? No, it's like, let's stay on this theme of like, it's like basically oppression, like trying to oppress ideas and oppress thought and information more importantly, like true information. That's at the end of the day, that's what WikiLeaks has shared with the world. And uh, this instance in particular proves that um, our efforts against the state and trying to preserve these rights are are uh, pretty ephemeral and pretty pretty weak at this moment. And Bitcoin sort of presents this leverage that that hasn't previously existed. And that's what I wanted to get at in the bent yesterday was this is why we Bitcoin. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, like clearly, you know, freedom of speech is protected in the Constitution in in our country at least. Uh, and this seems unconstitutional to me, but. At the end of the day, that is all, it's enforced by men. You have to rely on men to carry it out, not abuse it, not do all this stuff. The beauty of Bitcoin is that that it, it, it relies on this code and this game theory. So you don't have to um, rely on, on individuals um, or groups to, to act accordingly, right? Act in good faith. All right. Um, yeah. So just touching on that, and today's been actually it was a good topic to to sort of riff off of this uh, Julian Assange story was uh, a very illuminating post, not even illuminating, just very good post by uh, Hector Rosecrans. Bitcoin is a weapon, and Hector was in the Navy and sort of ex- explained the pi- power dynamics that work on the battle of warfare, and sort of tied in how Bitcoin uh, the Modern day warfare is all about uh, controlling the commons because then you can control commerce and then Bitcoin is a way for individuals to sort of take the control of commerce out of the hands of of this uh, sort of state apparatus, military industrial apparatus, if you will. He he uh, touched on the metaphor of Bitcoin as AK forty seven, right? Yeah, AK forty seven is. We've one heard of those... Nick Carter say that a lot. Yeah, before. so AK forty sevens are a prime example of uh, a tool that uh, gave individuals asymmetric leverage over bigger foes. So the example he used in his article was the uh, the rice paddy farmers in Vietnam were able to stave off the U.S. military during the Vietnam War, um, and then Bitcoin. Yeah, it is a, a weapon, not. A physical weapon, but a, a crypt, cryptographic weapon, if you it's will. It's the most nonviolent weapon, most powerful nonviolent weapon we've ever had. Right? And that's beautiful, too. Like, uh, 
a lot of people are pessimistic about the world and get crazy uh, thinking about like hyper victimization and, and what kind of world that will bring in. But it's like a peaceful rev- revolution, I believe. And that's, again, I say peace and love at the end of every podcast. And I do believe that Bitcoin provides an opportunity for a peaceful revolution. Well, I mean, I think there's scenarios at play here that could be really messy, but but that's not Bitcoin's fault. Those scenarios are going to be messy anyway. Bitcoin will make them the as less messy as possible, the least messiness. Yes. Um, An order more orderly. <laughs> hopefully, orderly reset is kind of. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, yeah. Yeah. A weird day on the internet yesterday. It was. Uh, I feel like there was like negative vibes. I checked to see if Mercury was in retrograde. It's not. Um, there you go. <laughs> Science. Yeah. But staying on the uh, topic of free speech, another thing that was going on on Bitcoin Twitter yesterday was hot or not. Did he get suspended? No, he didn't get suspended. He was getting doxxed by fucking Calvin Air. Yeah. So some of you freaks. Oh, wait. Craig Wright is a fraud. Craig Wright is a fraud. Um, as some of you freaks are aware, there's been that a Twitter campaign uh basically out craig wright as a fraud <laughs> it's uh, like hashtag craig wright is a fraud has, hashtag craig wright is a fraud and hodl not uh again calvin air and a pseudonymous bitcoiner named hodl not on twitter started the lightning network torch um and he took a picture uh with the with the shirt that bit refill made of the lightning network torch bearers up to a certain point and in the picture you could see his tattoos which are very uh unique identifying uh things for humans, if you have tattoos, and they were able to dox him based off that, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think they were doing other things too. It was really fucked up. You put like a reward uh, on information uh, in like shitty Bitcoin SV tokens, so like worthless reward. But he still put a reward up. Uh, so, it, I mean, I, I assume most of our listeners know, but Craig Wright is the guy who pretended he was Satoshi like three years ago, and then helped push forward the Bitcoin cash fork and all the Bitcoin cash people all endorsed him and gave him credibility and bullshit like that and didn't call him out at the time when it really mattered. And then he, like like a proper psychopath, forked that chain too. And now he has Bitcoin Cash SV and he still has yet to prove, he did this whole thing where he was supposed to prove he was Satoshi, got cameras, got like fortune or forbes or whatever some big newspapers all in a room together to prove it and did gavin a fake anderson proof. yeah he he tricked gavin <laughs> gavin's never never pulled that back and uh, he like did like a wishy-washy kind of like i shouldn't have Backpedal. been giving any credence to anything but he never actually said that craig wright isn't satoshi and and here we are today and now just a desperate man and he's suing all the people to try and get some get some attention yeah and there's I mean, it's totally plausible, and I most—I think I do believe that he was probably around in the early days. But I think he's trying to manipulate uh, manipulate certain avenues to make it look like he he was more important or more involved than than he actually was. But the thing is, like, if he had coins from like even like block a hundred or like block three hundred or block two thousand. That were like kind of early-ish. Like I feel like he would have flexed those as well. You know, like because the whole way for the whole, there's no way anyone can concretely 100% prove they're Satoshi. But you can prove that you you were very early and might very well be Satoshi if you either uh, move move coins from an early address or if you use that address to sign a transaction. So you can cryptographically prove it. That's one of the beauties of Bitcoin. The one of the beauties of Satoshi's creation is that you can verifiably prove ownership of funds at a certain given time with math. So I feel like if he had any kind of reasonably early stashes, he would have already flexed that as like his, you know, Oh, here's like a little half proof or whatever. This is proof from Satoshi. And he hasn't even done that. So who the fuck knows the tool of trust, bro. You got to wait till 2020 the, the tool. Cause that's totally a, a move. A Satoshi would make create like, a global trust minimized ledger and then hide the keys in a, in a traditional trust. You know, that's a total, (laughs) total Satoshi move. Fucking bullshit, man. And a lot of really prominent Bitcoiners and shit coiners got 
fooled by this guy. Either they got fooled or they just went along with it because it was convenient for them, but they gave him tons of credibility, and, and most of them haven't walked it back still to this day. Some of them have even doubled down on it in like the last couple of months, and it's just absolutely irresponsible, I would say. Yeah. People like to cling to that idea. They, they think, and I think it's the, um, the quest for the better Bitcoin, the quest to get in Bitcoin when it's like two hundred, three hundred dollars that that still exists, and clinging to the very minuscule possibility that Craig Wright is Satoshi is is sort of leaving that quote unquote opportunity open for the, for the believers. Yeah, they like choose to be ignorant about it, right? Because it's, uh, they're 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 hoping their bags will pump. Exactly. Uh, and just to go back, like, so a lot of people use Nims on Twitter, on Bitcoin Talk, on IRC, all these different uh, places where Bitcoiners communicate. We have a lot of developers that are that operate under Nims. Nims are super important. It's a privacy. It's a privacy thing. You don't want you don't want to be connected to Bitcoin. It it that's the ultimate the ultimate thing you can do for your Bitcoin security is to never tie your real name to Bitcoin. Um, so like we need we need to protect the use of NIMS. People should be welcome. NIMS should be encouraged. More people should be using NIMS than not. That should be the default of anything. They were talking about. I mean, yesterday in, in reaction to uh, the doxing of Hot or Not, everybody changed their avatars and names to Hot or Not. It was Nat- so confusing, I'm right? Sure. But it did. It was like a glimpse of if everybody who had changed their avi wasn't specifically talking about this, or it was just like putting ideas out there, and you couldn't tell who was who. A meritocracy of ideas could arise from that, right? <laughs> I like someone was like, uh, "It's like they ran wasabi on my Twitter feed, and now all of the <laughs> all of the outputs look the same." Uh, yeah, so like if if. We should re- anyone who attempts to dock someone who chooses to use a NIM online should be absolutely tarred and feathered in the yeah, digital ridiculed. world. Like yeah. that should not fly in this community. So I, I was. It's really great to see the outpouring support for for Hoddle Not. Yeah, and again, obviously Satoshi was a NIM. Probably want to have Segwit without Shallon Freud, who was a NIM. Uh, is Jimpo a non? You don't know. I don't know either. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of names involved. Like some of the the best ideas on Bitcoin Twitter that I've learned from throughout the years have come from anonymous people that I have no idea who they are or where they are. And that's the coolest part. They, like people think one of the biggest complaints is like, oh, you don't have skin in the game, uh, you know, because your public identity isn't linked to it. Like names have to work extra hard to get any kind of credibility because they're because they don't have that real the that real life identity to latch on to in the beginning. They can't say, Oh, I'm a fund manager and then listen to me because I I, I I manage all this money. Instead, they're they're completely judged by their ideas and their contributions and, and how and how they you know, how they contribute to the community. And so if anything, that's like the most meritocratic Meritoc- meritocratic 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 There you go Way To uh, To do things And that's that's I think that's really fucking cool No I do too And it's Yeah we've And it doesn't know sex You don't know the gender Yeah you know, That's a big That's a big one I found out somebody Who I thought was like A middle aged man Was a Was a woman in her 20s A couple of weeks ago It was blown away I was like what the hell uh, Not what the hell Like But it was just like crazy You never know It's awesome Um yeah, so again, NIMS are important. Uh, doxing's not cool. <laughs> not cool at and all. Craig Wright's a fraud. You can put people's lives at, at risk by doxing them. That's it's fucked up. I mean, and it's against Twitter's terms of service, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I mean, and, and, well, and it puts people's families. Like, Jameson got doxed and had a SWAT team come he to his house. He got swatted. Yeah, yeah they sent sw- the SWAT team to his house. Yeah, not cool. Um, be aware, freaks. Uh, the HODL guide. We went, meant to talk about this last week. Uh, but it slipped uh, from from the subject line, and uh, we did not talk about it. The Hoddle Guide. Who put it together? Justin Moon and no, I, no. It was it's some it's a Nim. It's a Nim. A Nim put it together with he took feedback from a bunch of people. Yeah, um, I think Justin Moon provided feedback. Some feedback, yeah, among others. And uh, 
It's all on GitHub, so you can submit pull requests if you want. But basically, it goes through the basics of using Wasabi, uh, doing your own multi-sig cold storage. So if you want to do like a multi-sig setup similar to Unchained setup, but without having Unchained as the third party, like he, he, uh, it, the guide walks you through how to do that, how to safely use a hardware wallet. So he has different levels, basically. Exactly. It's he has like, like a full multi-sig cold storage setup which is basically multi-sig with ledgers and treasures and Electrum using as the, as the client to put that all together. And he shows you how to use Electrum personal server and stuff like that. It's really good. I'm going to, I looked it over. It's, it's, I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, no, I think what you just said is, a, is the best part about this guy has like different levels of competency and comfort comfort. Um, so if you're looking for a sort of a comprehensive guide on storage, this is the one that we like this week and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll yeah, put, we'll read it among others. Yeah. yeah. Many others. One of my favorites of all time is, a uh, rusty Russell's, uh, un, unremarkable guide to cold storage. Is that remarkable? Yeah. I think it's unremarkable, but, uh, I really like how this one used. Yeah. That was a great guy. I really like how this one, it, it, it's the, the, the the cold storage setup they say is is a that that he walks you through or she I guess is a multi sig hardware wallets which I think is like the best balance of um for pretty much most threat models it's the best balance of convenience and security and you could do a lot with it you can get like really creative with multi sig how you uh, where you store the keys you know how you split them up. Well, this segues perfectly to the next topic, which we meant to riff on last week, but again, slipped our mind was different multi-sig scenarios that you can uh, join in. Um, yeah, so you guys, you can get really unique with these setups, and obviously we've been talking a lot about two of three, but there's many ways through which you can engage a multi-sig. Three of five. Three of five. Five of seven. Yeah. And yeah, a, really, and a don't, don't go crazy at the keys, you know what I mean? Two of three is probably good for most people. Three of five or three of five. But yeah, you can have like a one with a relative. The thing about Unchained Cap, which is interesting, which I for, uh, we forgot to talk about last week, which is uh, I wanted to bring up, is there's only one key in that two of three that Unchained considers the, the parent key. So if you give, for instance, like you give your brother one key and he lives on the other side of the country... And then you hold one key and Unchained holds one key. Unchained will never sign with your brother's key. Mm -hmm. He'll only sign with your key. So you know your brother can't steal your money, but your brother, you need your brother to give you the key to, to move your money. And Unchained can't take your money. So you have this nice little setup here that is relatively simple to do without needing to necessarily trust uh, your relative or whoever is holding that, that third key. Yeah, and if your brother decides to be an asshole and just leave the country and not tell you and, and fall off the face of the earth, Unchained's there to sign for you. Um, yeah, exactly. And then you pay, that's when you pay their fee. It's 10 like, bips. Yeah, 10 bips on the transaction. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the thing of other ways, like if you're a business, business partner um, and you guys are, are controlling a multi-sig wallet uh, for business funds, you can set up a, a certain... Uh, scheme with that and have certain conditions for that. It's a very conditional. You can have, you can make it like an if and function for, for these setups in a lot of ways. Yeah. You can just get really creative with it. And, uh, and I think for, yeah, for most people, multi-sig is probably, uh, is probably the way forward. And then also just on top of all that, with all these scenarios, like use multiple methods, you know, like certain like key generation schemes, like, could be broken or done improperly. So you want to just always have, you know, like the Titanic, you want it all to be compartmentalized so you can... Like the Titanic or do you want to... Well, like the Titanic theoretically was supposed to work. You know, like if, if a portion of the boat <laughs> got hit, it wasn't supposed to sink, right? It was supposed to... Yeah, well, obviously that didn't work out. Yeah, not, <laughs> not, not how the Titanic came out, but how it was supposed to work in theory is, is a good way of setting it up. Yeah, the... Uh... Yeah, the specs. The specs had it perfectly. Uh, the implementation did not. No, I think both was fucked, right? But anyway, you understand the point. Yes, just use multiple methods and, and don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's just a recipe for failure. Yeah. Speaking of putting a lot of eggs in one basket, Coinbase has added EOS to their platform. Um, 
you put this on the list. I'm not. I'm not particularly. I, I put this on the list because I think it's finally the end of me ever having an opinion on what they add because they've added Ripple and EOS back to back. So like, really, there's no much lower you can go in terms of of complete centralized shitcoins. Uh, so like any the right like they've set the bar so low at this point and it never needs to be brought up again. Yeah, and this wasn't on the list, but something we should probably mention was somebody I believe sold three thousand Bitcoin within the span of a couple minutes on Coinbase Pro earlier this week, and they had to shut down the exchange for two hours. For two hours, they're too busy adding shit coins, and they're not focused on their core product. It's well, like fucking ridiculous. Well, that's well, it's ridiculous, especially after December two thousand seventeen when the app was. Practically unusable, and to think that we're almost two years or a year and a half away from that, and they still they can't scale on a bear market. It's like what the fuck? Like what are you what are you doing? It's, they have no. I don't. And it I was don't, a sell order. It's not like it was a buy order either. They. I just. I don't know what their target market is anymore. They have no. Like what the the real traders aren't trading on Coinbase Pro as 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 completely evidenced by the lack of liquidity when there's a $3,000, 3,000 Bitcoin sell order. Um, and, and I, I, I think the consumer retail traders are that want like a bunch of shit coins are, are probably on Binance. And then you have the, the people that are just stacking sats and they're mostly on cash app or other, the American ones are on cash app and the other ones are on other services that isn't Coinbase. So like what, what is their target demo and, and how confused. is adding EOS f- fucking doing anything to further that? I don't know. I seem very confused in their product roadmap and they lost a good member of their team, Dan Romero. Uh, He's been there forever. He's been there since like 2014. Yeah. He was like employee number 20 or employee number 15 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and now they have a new debit card in the UK too. If you want. <laughs> wait, wait. Let's just get back on Romero. Like, I think that you know this is probably proof that he also agrees with me that they have zero fucking focus. I've never met Dan or talked to Dan, so I can't. I can't speak. Yeah, to neither him. have I. But yeah. in his blog post, the blog post was like super nice. Whatever. Didn't say where he's going next or anything like that. Uh, but you know, I I can't imagine being. I I can't imagine how infuriating would it, it would be being in that kind of position and watching all this go down. Yeah. Because like who the fuck want EOS really XRP? Like that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous to me. Yeah, again, they seem confused. And the, this crypto card, this uh the debit card, what do you think about that? They already had it. I don't did they? They had it here in the US. I used it. Didn't Remember they, the shift card? Didn't they get rid of it? Yeah, it got discontinued at some point. I don't know why. But uh So this did, one's UK only. Yeah. Um, you can now spend Ripple everywhere Visa's accepted. That was like, and I only used my shift card like once or twice. And it was back when uh, people were preaching that you should use Bitcoin. And I was like, oh, I'm going to prove that I can buy shoes with Bitcoin. I think I bought a pair of shoes using the shift card or something like that. But you're really just instantly selling it and then paying the person in USD. Yeah. It's essentially. I kind of want to, I want to see a movement where people spend Bitcoin at places that pledge to not convert it to USD. Um, like, I feel like that could actually, like, because then it's more closed loop. Closed loop. Yeah. We'll be doing that here at TSTC at some point. But anyway, this sh- this card isn't a bad idea. It's, you know, it's like a centralized layer two. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's nothing extraordinary, but it does kind of obviate the need it completely obviates the purpose of these more centralized shitcoins. Like to pay to spend Ripple or to spend Bitcoin with that card costs the same amount in fees because Coinbase <laughs> is holding it for you the whole fucking time, right? So it's not like oh XRP super low fees that doesn't save you anything there, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah, um, but it's available if you're in the so, UK, you're a Coinbase user, and you want to use their debit card. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> Um, on to more technical discussion, which uh, we're not uh, very uh, we're not very technical, but we like to talk about LND zero point six zero was recently released. Uh, I haven't been up to date with Lightning development LND specifically. Is this the one with backups, or are we getting backups? I don't think so. 
I'm like trying to ninja search right now. <laughs> um, there's something in there. I, I'm not going to speak on this, but it's good that we have an update. I haven't really looked into it yet. Yeah. Um, uh, and Zap updated accordingly as well. Yeah, Zap updated uh, 0.4.1, uh, which has BEC32 address support. So uh, if you're running Zap, uh, definitely upgrade that. I'm still trying to like catch up to the feature set of the previous LND version. <laughs> right. I really, I I have to say, like, the only way I can learn is just to jump in. And you jumped in pretty, uh, just pretty head first. We, uh, our, our nodal lightning node, uh, is breaking or is, uh, hitting the leaderboards on one ml.com. It's, it's all, it's all the freaks. The You're, freaks are, are doing great things. The freaks and you being, being reckless. How, um, <laughs> it's, it's getting a little bit reckless. It's how's, getting, so how's the experience of managing? It's, the it's less and, reckless than max, you know, that's true. So it's just all a matter of perspective. Yeah, um, but what's a, what's the node management been like? How, how what's your process been like? You want to look up our node. How many channels are we at? If you just go to a one ml and then type in stack and sats, it comes up. Um, the noddle has been great. It's been performing like a champ. Um, I think we're like top sixty by capacity and maybe top seventy by number of channels. Does it say there? Channel count one seventy four. We have 174 channels open. Capacity, we're f ranked 59th. Channel, 65. That's crazy. And it's running off this little $400 box. You know, it's been handling it like a champ. It doesn't lag or anything like that. Um, management is, I'm getting more used to the Ride the Lightning uh, app, which is really, really useful. So let's... And Zap. It's basically, I use I use Ride the Lightning, Zap, and Jewel. So let's dive into the specifics of management. Um is it like riding a bike hard at first, but as as you sort of get used to opening channels and rebalancing, it becomes more of a, a process, an easy process? Well, Zap has come a, a long way. Um, it make, It's way more intuitive now. Uh, I Yeah, I think, I think it's definitely, there's definitely a learning curve, and I still, I learn like new things about it every day. Uh, but it's it's more it's way more intuitive than, for instance, when I had my first uh, node set up for when we when I sent the jack torch, that was that was way more uh, clunky. Yeah, I would say it's it's way more like you open Zap, it shows you all your channels, it shows you basically a bar that shows on which side your liquidity is on per channel. So I go in there, like I I make sure that that the that the big that the big channels we have opened with like like bit refill and koala stud and stuff like that are that they still have capacity for the outbound because really that's all i can control right now they don't let you there's no easy way to balance those channels um it's going to get easier but so like i have to always make sure that we have outbound uh capacity to them otherwise the freaks that are connected to us can't get to those services mm -hmm. uh the the Bitcoin rabbi on Twitter, he just released a, ch a children's book. Yeah, um, check that out. We'll uh, we'll post the uh, the link in the the notes. But we even did one better because he told uh, he told me uh, that he was doing going to launch ahead of time and he needed inbound liquidity to his BTC Pay server. So we just have we have uh, I opened up a big channel to him before the book went out, and then I wake up in the morning after he launched the book. And apparently he was doing pretty well because most of my most of uh, my outbound capacity to him, his inbound was was on the opposite side, like they had been used. So I opened up another channel with him to make sure that the freaks could could pay with lightning if they wanted to. Freaks, let's take a second to to reflect on how crazy that is. Like you want to talk about DeFi, like it's a big meme in in the the quote unquote crypto Twitter world right now. This is. Similar to it, like you're creating liquidity for an individual that you you know via Twitter. I don't think you've ever met the Bitcoin rabbi in person. No, I, I didn't. I actually, yeah, um, not yet. Nobody, Soon. nobody's stopping you from doing that, and it's just individuals coordinating, saying, "Hey, you're launching a book. I want to help provide liquidity for you here. Let's open a channel." Nobody's stopping us. There's no, there's nothing stopping us. It's crazy. It's pretty fucking cool. 
right? It's uh, reflect on that. That's crazy. Anyway, so you can open a channel with us by going to uh, going to one ml dot com and typing in stacking sats and it comes up. <laughs> Matt, they're not even gonna have to type it in. We're on the leaderboards. So yeah, see you, it on the front we're end. on the homepage at one ml dot com. If you go to it. <laughs> Or if you just like open Zap or Jewel and you type in stacking sats, it should come up too. One word, correct. Yeah, or you could type in TFTC, it comes up, or RHR. Hit all the tags. Hit all the tags. Uh, and we'll just keep coming back to this. We'll do we'll do check-ins. No, Hopefully we have backups soon. That would be nice. Once we have backups, then we're we're golden. Well, that's I think that's the next iteration of this is we're gonna set up a powerful node uh, in this studio and maybe set up like like backup nodes and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, and first of many. Yeah. First of many, but it's, it's been a fun, it's been fun watching it uh, unfold. It's the best way to learn. You just learn. I learned so much more by trial by fire. Right. It's uh no, it's a, uh, uh, a proverb or it's not even a proverb. It's a, a thought I live my life by too. All right. And if you were wondering, if you were wondering if you can make any money off of being a, a node, you cannot. At least right now, you can't. You you might very well be able to in the future, but right now, you're not you're not going to be making any money doing it because of the cost to open channels, or yeah, I, I the the fees that are being paid on the network are just minimal. Okay, Does, like yeah, they'll rise with demand. Yeah, exactly. And, and also, I think I think a lot of people are. You know the network is is more uh, uh, run by ideolo ideological insiders Altruistic. right now, right? Yeah. yeah, so they keep their fees low. People don't know they don't know that they can change from the default fee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. It's been, again, it's been fun to watch that grow. And sorry if I'm a little sluggish today, freaks. I had a banger of a dinner last night. I got home late. Had to wake up early to write. Um, Speaking of bangers, Binance partners with CypherTrace. You put this on. I don't know. I don't follow Binance too much. CZ seems to confirm that they are uh, KYC locking accounts, too. I saw you tweet about that earlier this week. That's interesting. Um, you heard rumors of people getting locked out of their accounts? Yeah, I have. I got some DMs from people. I uh, I have two reports. Seems pretty credible. They had accounts for a while. Uh Always used a VPN, never did KYC, was like the base, base uh, unverified account. And all of a sudden they just get locked out of their account and they can't withdraw their funds unless uh, they provide full KYC, like ID, face scan, stuff like that, address. And so I tweeted that out. Uh, both users were using VPNs. Um, and so I tweeted that out. And CZ basically gave me like a PR speak where he he admitted that that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, they partnered with a service called Identity Mind a month ago. Uh, both these reports happened like within the last week, two weeks. And then today, yesterday they announced they partnered with CypherTrace as well. So who knows when that was. And they're both chain analysis companies. So it seems like Binance is turning up the heat. You should assume that if you're an unverified account on Binance, you can probably get... Uh, KYC at any moment and your funds locked not your keys not your coins so just take that you know just be aware be aware it's out there now because uh, Binance since its inception has been the go-to exchange for for people who don't want to KYC yeah the privacy but yeah yeah so now that looks like it's changing their they have a huge target on their back but yeah 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 Binance let's talk about Binance for a little bit I mean I'm not too abreast of the granular particulars of their operation, but it seems they're geographically disparately located. Probably have many. They have like eight different sub corporations <laughs> in like all different countries. That's how they're doing their fiat rollout is all separate companies in every jurisdiction. They do fiat. Okay. With like Papa Binance out of Malta, which is like no fiat. Mm -hmm. And then they have this, Dex, not Dex in the works, which is supposedly, I, I have not really looked into it all, so it should be interesting to see how KYC plays into that, because most of these, I don't I, I don't think I've ever seen an actual decentralized Dex. I guess maybe like BISC is kind of close. Um, uh, something came out about these Dexes today, too, about like miners being able to front run the traders. Yeah, that's always, I think, always been uh, an issue. 
uh, it's like kind of it's hard to solve. I it might be impossible to solve, right? If you have you, well, no, I think Bisk. I think Bisk. I don't is, know about Bisk. I think this was about like another. See, the difference is those are dexes. I think that run on like smart contract platforms, like Ethereum yes, or something. Yes, this is so all the code is out there and it has to get confirmed by miners and everything. Yes, like Bisk, you run a separate client on your computer. It's like a full node, a BISC full node. Yeah, it's you like know? A, and you're communicating with each other. Yeah, it's similar to Hada Hoddle. It's not right necessarily on chain. Right, it isn't. Yeah, except for the multi-sig back and forth. Yeah, but bit. with these like smart contract Xs, the the miners who are uh, constructing the blocks are obviously able to see what people are attempting to trade. Right, so they can front run the trades or not not uh, confirm a transaction or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. It's crazy all the. But with Binance, anyway, so, like, their DEX is probably going to be pretty centralized, but they'll probably use it as, like, a regulatory arbitrage move where they pretend it's not, and then uh, they don't do KYC. But who knows how long that holds up for? You know, I think I said this about a year ago, and it was, like, really controversial at the time because everyone was doing their Binance... uh, Pump? Yeah, their Binance love fest on on Twitter and in the community. Uh, But... We've seen this play out plenty of times in the past where you have a, a, a new exchange come in. In this case, it was Binance. They have no regulatory overhead. They're not a target at all. They're able to list a lot of shit coins frequently, update it constantly. Just keep, they have nothing holding them back. Just keep adding new users. And then once they get really big, they become a regulatory target and they have to Start cutting down on what they have, KYC, no new coins, start delisting stuff. We saw this happen with both Poloniex and Bittrex. Like each of them before Binance was king, like each of them were king. And now they're like empty, like no one uses them. Right. And then that's what's going to happen with Binance. Like at some point, you know, Binance will just get too overwhelmed. And then even though CZ does seem like he's more of a cypherpunk type Nah, i don't know but he's he tries to portray that in the media he's gonna go for it he's going for it you know he's not he's not yeah while i have it on the top of my mind another one of my ticks that you need to like snap at me every time i do is right like after you say something i say right that's another tick. i don't have any issues with these but i will i'll snap i'm trying to get rid of these ticks they they annoy me when posted at it when i'm like listen when i'm listening to uh, these recordings. Okay, so I'll make sure to tell you that in particular. Thank you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, China, they're banning Bitcoin again. The oh, 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 the end is near. <laughs> the end is nigh. What uh, do we have? The China bans Bitcoin scoreboard in hand. What number is this? Uh, we must be over fifteen, I think. At if least. you include last bear market when it got banned all the time, last bear market, two thousand sixteen, and I think China banned Bitcoin like five times in a span of three weeks. It was so crazy how many times they banned it, <laughs> and then it was never actually banned. <laughs> never. Uh, this time, this particular banning uh, was brought to you by the the Ener- energy ministry in China, uh, and they want to mine or excuse me, ban mining, uh, not necessarily Bitcoin. Yeah, just the Bitcoin mining, which is there's a lot of Bitcoin mining over there because they have a lot of excess hydro. Yeah. Now, this uh, puts uh, a lot of the Bitcoin haters in a weird predicament uh, where they're saying, hey, uh, China's banning Bitcoin. That's bad for Bitcoin. Or is it good for Bitcoin because it helps uh, make it more geographically uh, disperse? Yeah, I think it's like it's it'd be bad for China and they probably will not do it. Um, but Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin will either be unaffected or it'll be a net benefit because we have we have a decent amount of miners in China. It has spread out m- more recently, um, especially as like China's becoming more. They like they want miners to register and do all this stuff. Uh, so it, you at least want to move some of your mines out of there. I've actually but, heard. Of a lot of Chinese miners moving to the U.S. Yeah, because we have super cheap excess hydro in a politically stable environment. <laughs> it's a great combination for a miner. Right? God damn it. So this will just spread out the... You said it right. This will spread out... I like when you say right. It'll. This will spread out the, the global distribution of miners. Uh, if, if they're, it won't do anything, actually, because they're not going to ban it. <laughs> this is the most likely scenario. And China... Like, 
China ban is the Bitcoin equivalent to the boy who cried wolf. Uh, I think that takes the cake for that uh, parable analogy. Um, I think it's more likely they tax, you know, they were already taxing Bitcoin miners, but they put a bigger tax on them. You might as well make money from it. Yeah. And this is actually not on the list either, but I saw a friend of the pod, Joe Weisenthal, tweeted out about uh, the Barian oil fields in Texas were uh, increasing the amount of flared uh, natural gas that they were uh, exposing to the environment. And it presented like, hey, this is why we have... Bitcoin and companies like Upstream Data. This is we can create efficiencies in these places. No, it was it was. I think the line was that they flare more natural gas than they sell. No, then they would need to power all the homes in Texas, which yes. is crazy. Yeah, it's that's a crazy stat. Talk about wasting energy, right? Yeah, but and this is uh, and so I quote tweeted. I was like, this is perfect example of uh, an opportunity for Upstream Data to to show up on the on the scene and uh steve barber hopped in and let us know he's sending uh he's actually is working with some companies in texas not uh on that field uh specifically um so it seems that at least some uh energy producers are starting to wise up and realize that that bitcoin can help and obviously that's uh uh one of my favorite fud to refute is bitcoin is an energy waster when in fact it is an opportunity to become as energy efficient as possible on this planet. Uh, and the way that uh, reality comes into, or the way that vision comes into reality is just by entrepreneurs like Steve Barber making the shit and sending it down there. And you have energy use, energy pro- producers using it and noticing the benefits. It's just going to take time. Like all this, it's going to take time and patience. Yeah, exactly. And, but I mean, it's the easiest sell in the world. Like you get to, like you'll make more money, yeah, if you run this miner, and then it also benefits the environment. But they, you know, they don't even have to care about the environment. It just happens to benefit it. That's just the same a positive point. externality of the incentive system. It's the best incentive ever, right? God I think this environment would be the our environment would be way better if if everyone m- could make money at protecting it. Yeah, again, like solve the problem with incentives and. This is something that we've posited on this podcast frequently in the last few weeks, but what if Satoshi uh, marketed Bitcoin as, as like a synthetic battery instead of like a money system? Would people uh, rally around it harder? Um, we'll never know, but it's an interesting thought experiment. I mean, it is a synthetic battery, right? You can basically store energy as money instead of as jewels. Right. That's pretty God cool. Damn it. <laughs> I didn't even realize you say it that much until you brought it up. It is annoying. I'm sorry, freaks. Um, that was the it for the topic list. Do you have anything? What, we're what time on? are we at? We got 50, we got ten minutes left. That that recent episode you had with Parker was fantastic. Thank you. Don't, um, don't bet more. Uh, don't risk more on USD than you can afford to lose. <laughs> now again, I'm very excited that I was able to record that podcast. Parker, somebody I've been talking with about fed policy for a couple of years now and anybody who's listened to that podcast can tell how how knowledgeable he is on the subject uh of fed policy over the last decade and i, th- I we were talking about it before we hit record but uh for any of you traditional finance types out there or any of you freaks trying to uh help traditional finance uh people in that industry uh, come to understand Bitcoin. This is a great episode for them because uh, it really presents the case for Bitcoin by showing how inefficient our current system is. Yeah, I, I mean, I had the other day. I had a two-hour private podcast with Parker, aka a conversation, and it was uh, he's he's completely blown away. Like that that conversation just just got me going. Well, it's it's funny, right? Because this information's been out in the wild uh it's just out in the wild anybody can access these transcripts and go through them. it just took one man to actually read the 300 page transcripts and and put it into layman's terms of how uh inconsistent these central planners are with their policies how long is the waiting period again like they release it they release them four i believe four or five years after the meeting that's why we finally get to see what like 
the talks that were yeah. leading up and after the 2008 crisis. You get the meeting minutes, I believe, the the day or the week after they happen, but then the full transcripts of uh, of actually what was said uh, verbatim in, in the meetings comes out uh, four to five years later. I can't remember. I believe it's four. I think it's like election cycles type stuff. Um, well, it wouldn't be election cycle type stuff, but point is it comes out later than, than the meetings, uh, way later after the meetings. I can't even speak, dude. I was up to like 3 a.m. last night. I had to wake up early. There you go. Had uh, Got a hustle. Got a hustle. Um, what else? Uh, I listened to a good podcast this week. Uh, what Bitcoin Did's podcast with uh, Nick Carter and Pierre. It's worth a listen. That's a good listen. A couple freaks that have been on this podcast. They talked about uh, Lightning Network. Yeah, it's part of his Lightning Network series. Yeah. Um and that yeah, so that's going on this month. We got shitcoin week coming up in a few weeks oh, here in I'm New excited. York City. Are you excited? Yeah, a lot of people come in, you know. Yeah. Excited to meet some faces. Meet some faces. I'm both like excited and Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. For anybody who's I'm like, not going to consensus. Like they can go fuck themselves, but Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna go to any obviously I wanna record, so I don't think I'm gonna go to any of the conferences, but that's the beauty of this week is you don't have to go to any. If any of you are on the fence out there, like, should I buy a ticket? You can just come to New York, hang out, and find a party. or Yeah, or like something. the side events and stuff. For, and just people meeting up is is where it's at. Yeah, conferences are... Just riff on conferences for a second here. It's just like conferences where you go for like booth to booth. Well, consensus is like everything that's wrong with conferences, all packaged into one really expensive event. Right? God damn it. Um, and... Nah, just like the whole, just like a very like late capitalist type thing. Like just walking booth to booth. Nobody really wants to be there. You're like squished with thousands of people. But I mean, not all conferences are the same, right? It's just con- true. consensus is like particularly, particularly horrible. There's a lot of good conferences. That's true. Uh, I'm talking about this, this like booth to booth. Yeah. And this setup. week is always bad. They're going to, uh, Ethereum land is also consent. Can, uh, coming down on us as well because they have the week before or like they start off they start off the, with their conference and i think in brooklyn yeah uh consensus is is not too far from where we, we record i believe they're doing uh i think the ETH conference is like bushwick or something like that ethereal or ethereal ethereal um yeah so everybody's gonna be in new york uh in a few weeks that's actually that's where i met bitcoin sign guy last year was that uh was that Shitcoin Week? Oh, yeah, I met a lot of people at, at Shitcoin Week last year. Yeah, including yeah, including BSG. Yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Um, any plans this weekend? Not that I like to share with the freaks. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a good weekend though. Everyone, should, you know, have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. If you, uh, as we described earlier, if you're looking to learn more about lightning network set up a node and start experimenting with it yeah open a channel with us yeah. if it's uh well you know we'll presumably open channels back i'm i'm still i've still been opening channels back but it's getting a little bit reckless we need a <laughs> need to wait till backups to to ramp it up more yeah that'll uh that'll definitely open up a floodgate of of even more recklessness i would imagine but because we have so many channels it's like really hard for me to like look through them to see who's opened a big channel with us so we can open it back so if you do like either dm me or get me on telegram or keybase or wire my pgp key is there if you want to use the pgp key to communicate but we can you know i'll we can reciprocate yeah um you know where to find us freaks uh sorry if this episode was a bit sluggish uh that's all we got cheers stay humble stack sats peace and love